This is Chip Baker with The Real Dirt Podcast. We're back again. Wow, it's been a long time since we put out an episode, uh, but we got a lot of important things going on in the cannabis industry, and we felt like this was the perfect time to get back into it. Uh, You know, today it is uh, July 10th, uh, 2022. I'm in Denver, Colorado. Uh, We've been spending time all over the country, but primarily in Oklahoma this past year. And uh, it seems that the state of the cannabis union is really in flux right now, you know, with the economy, with inflation, uh, with post uh, COVID, you know, structure of business and in life, the cannabis industry is really taking a turn. Today, I have uh, Jessica Baker as my guest. Jessica owns and operates a series of cannabis businesses in Oklahoma. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you for having me on the show, Chip. Always a pleasure to talk to you about <laughs> cannabis and cannabis business. Jessica, introduce yourself a little bit. I know you've been on the the store. On the, I know you've been on the uh, show before, and many people know you as my wife. But you are a incredible entrepreneur and educator. And uh, let's just talk about Jessica for one long moment. Okay, great. Um, Thank you for the introduction. I am your wife, gladly. Um, But I am also an acupuncturist for the last 15 years and a Western herbalist for the last, you know, two decades plus. So I am uh, well versed in, you know, Chinese medicine and Western herbalism. And also I own several cannabis businesses. I've been growing medical cannabis since 1997, back in the good old days. And so probably grown a lot of different ways, not every way, but I've definitely uh, dabbled in growing in multiple different modalities. And I own a clone nursery in Oklahoma City, as well as a cultivation and a processing uh, facility. And so I kind of do a little bit of everything. And uh, yeah, I love cannabis and I love your show. <laughs> well, thanks, Jessica. And, you know, I, I really uh, appreciate all the women weed warriors out there, uh, you know, this industry is, is filled with dudes and dudes often try to dominate, uh, you know, whatever we're involved with. Uh, that's just the dude power. But, uh, you know, we know so many women cultivators, women extractors, women business owners. And, you know, I, I get to see it throughout the industry. I see maybe you call it discrimination against women business owners, you know, just as we see it in the rest of society. But man, you know, if if the women that you know in the cannabis industry, I, I guarantee you they're working twice as hard as the dude right next to them. And uh, if you have a problem, you should go like maybe chat with uh, the, the women that you know in the cannabis industry and, and see how they feel about what's going on. Because often they do have a different perspective than our dude-oriented industry. <laughs> bro science, man. Bro science. It is bro science. But yeah, we're here today to talk about the cannabis industry. Um, boy, it is in a tailspin. Every aspect of the cannabis industry, from the manufacturers and the suppliers of all the equipment, transportation, uh, all the cultivators, the distributors, the the grow stores. Um, the dispensaries, like everybody is really feeling this economic depression right now. Jessica, how has it been in Oklahoma? What's going on there? 
Um, Oklahoma has been, you know, an interesting market to say the least. Uh, when we first got there, you know, three plus years ago, it was a very um, immature market in terms of the knowledge surrounding cannabis was pretty um, limited um, to, you know, the little bit of of knowledge that people had gained over the years from, you know, the private market, which is always amazing. But uh, the strain names and things like that really weren't, hadn't quite hit Oklahoma yet. But now, you know, it is pretty much you're hearing the same things as you're hearing in Colorado and California in terms of grow techniques, terminology, and cultivars that are now popular in Oklahoma. So I feel like I've really seen that change and people get really enthusiastic about cannabis. And so, you know, the last year, we've definitely seen, especially at the clone nursery, a lot of the big cultivators aren't buying clones like they have been the two years previously. Um, A lot of people um, that were maybe larger cultivators came in and bought less clones because they're facilities that were 10, 20, 30,000 square feet, they maybe they didn't have the knowledge to pull off that large of a grow at the very beginning. So they were like, hey, I'm going to scale back, learn a little bit more about it, and then I can always scale up again in the future. Um, And then I know people who, unfortunately, you know, maybe they had a 401k they took out or some early retirement or some other personal investment to invest in cannabis, and it didn't work out for them. And now they aren't cultivating anymore. Either they're want to sell their license or they are just kind of letting it stay dormant for a little bit. Tell us about like how, what you feel about the number of cultivators that in, in Oklahoma that aren't cultivating this year or number of businesses that maybe have like gone out of business or just aren't operating. Well, I only know a handful of those, but I can say it's all across the board from dispensaries to processors to cultivators. I've heard a little bit from all of those sectors saying that they're they're taking a break or that they just downright are going back to their job at the, you know, doing oil rigging or we know whatever it is. I don't think that's the proper terminology, but, you know, they've just decided they're going to go back to what they were doing before right? um, or what they never stopped doing, you know, and they were doing cannabis on the side. And so, um, yeah, it has been significant. I know that, uh, you know, where we've heard stories about when metric came into, into law at the end of May, that a lot of people never signed up for metric that actually had a license. And so maybe they were going to do that later, or maybe they just decided, well, I'm out now that I, there's more regulation and work to be done to, to, you know, have a legal business. To catch up on in Oklahoma, they've had a series of one, if you don't know, really was a free for all until recently on getting licensed and starting cultivation in Oklahoma. Um, But in the past couple of months, we've had a series of things going on between changes in the law moratoriums and the licenses, requirements for metric tiered licensing, and it has, you know, reduced the number of people in the industry, right? You know, some people just didn't want to deal with it or they were barely making any enough revenue to support their hobby, so to speak. Yeah. And like OMMA, the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Marijuana Advisory or stands for something like that. Um, We've had a couple of inspections now. It took, it took a couple of years or more, but we finally have been starting to get inspected. And our inspectors are telling us that, you know, they're going to places that are non-operational. 
So a lot of places. So a lot are of places still have a license, but they're not operating. And we haven't touched onto the elephant in the room, but it it, it is about the decrease in price. Oh, one hundred percent. It has to do right. with also the decrease in profit margins for people. Right. 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 Yeah. You know, and it, and it's not just Oklahoma. Across the country, people are are, are having these. You know, this this decrease in cost per pound, cost per gram. From the wholesalers to the distributors to to the the manufacturers, everybody has their theory on why you think this is, and and some people say it's just simply supply and demand, but I believe it goes a little bit deeper than that. But why do you think the 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 national price of cannabis has gone so has dropped so much, and and why do you think it's dropped so much in Oklahoma? Um, I think it has dropped nationally because there's just so much cannabis being grown in a lot of states that never were legally allowed to grow before. And I think with metric or not, I think there are still ways that people are probably putting that on the private market, even though they're meant for the public market. But I think there's just a glut in cannabis. I know people- Or the regulated market. The regulated market. So I know that there's a glut of, you know, cannabis in Oklahoma- in Colorado, in California, and in Oregon. Overproduction. Overproduction. People still are sitting on hundreds or thousands of pounds from last year, and now they're like growing again this year, so there's going to be even more on the market. So do you think this is overproduction in the the regulated market or the illicit market? Probably both. 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 Yeah, I would say both. Yeah, farmers mostly have one you know, one business plan, and we talk about this many times on The Real Dirt, is prices down, grow more. Prices up, grow more. And that's really what's gone on. And, you know, there was just such this huge increase in demand for cannabis products, you know, 2020, 2021. um, And it's a fact. Unemployed people consume more wheat, right? They, unemployed people, smoke more wheat, (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, you know, all those people have gone back to work right now. We're at the lowest unemployment rate. You know, the country's one of the lowest the country's ever seen. Like everybody's back at work, uh, but the economy's not so great. And if gas is five dollars a gallon and you have to make a choice between buying your eighth for the week or your ounce for the week or continue to put gas in your car to get, you know, to work and everywhere else you're going, then um, you may have to sacrifice by spending less on cannabis. Or many people would walk. Many people don't have that option. Yeah, many people, <laughs> right? unfortunately, don't have yeah. public transportation options. Yeah. But, you know, uh, that recreation is one of the first things to go. And, you know, they say that, like, the vice industries are recession-proof, but it's just not true as, as we see it now. If people just don't have the money to spend on it, you know, and, and cannabis isn't like coffee or alcohol, Right. People really need that coffee and alcohol. And most people can just like do without the weed. They might want it, but they can do it out, do without it. And it's similar to the clone business. We were talking about this earlier is, you know, one of the first ways that farmers can uh, cut their costs is by not buying clones. And, you know, one of the, one of the, the things that I see, you know, farmers use clone nurseries for is when they can't fill up their fields, they can't fill up their rooms and they come to clone nurseries often in an emergency situation. Absolutely, we see that a lot. And they say, 
you know, oh, my clones died or. Yeah, exactly. My clones died or I bought clones that ended up harming out or had mites or or whatever. situation. And and it's often because they need to fill up that room. Yeah. But many people are shutting down lights. They're shutting down greenhouses. The rooms are getting smaller. They had, you know, eight rooms in a 20,000 square foot facility and they're going to run two of them. Right. Or they started their own moms. Right. And took clones. Right. You know, but most of them still come back saying my clones didn't work out. I need more. You know, (laughs) we could we always need more, you know, (laughs) not always, but. Yeah, totally. But no, we we know several people who have uh, shut down parts of their business, you know, and aren't cultivating any longer because they can buy cannabis cheaper or as cheap as they can produce it. And so now in their dispensaries, instead of buying or built, making it in-house, they're buying it on the market. Yes. Yep. I see all of that. What about this overproduction that's been going on in Oklahoma? So, you know, <laughs> the overproduction in Oklahoma is twofold. One, and just to be frank, it's a uh, Okay, uh, to be frank, a little bit about the overproduction of Oklahoma is that a lot of the cannabis just isn't really that great. So you have inexperienced growers growing outdoor in a really harsh environment. Yeah, or in greenhouses. Or greenhouses, you know, in harsh environments. And so it's kind of sub quality weed. And so that's one reason why the price is so low. Plus, when the market is flooded with Whatever it is, the price does drop, but it drops that lowest common denominator with the quality of the weed being. Exactly. And I think a lot of people, outdoor growers and greenhouse uh, and even indoor, they know that they're just growing for extraction and that their quality is only going to be extraction material anyway. And so there's this a large volume of only things that they know will only go to the extractor. So the quality doesn't have to be there. Right. But then somehow that extractable quality weed still ends up in the flower market. Oh, absolutely. Right. Because there's just thousands and thousands of pounds. Do you have an estimate of how, how much? Nobody even knows how much weed was grown in Oklahoma. I, last year, n- right? I can't even try to guess, but I mean, hundreds of thousands of pounds. Million. <laughs> I don't even know, but a lot. Million. Pounds, <laughs> tons and tons. Two million pounds. Um, so I think that's part of it. And then I also think that. Hey, right now, if people are listening to this, we're definitely getting some responses about how Oklahoma's fucking up the market for everybody else. But that's just not true. Because California and, and Oregon, Oregon has have way more cannabis too. than Oklahoma yeah. even and, has because there's the, more people and it's better quality, quality and yeah. it's still going for super cheap. And that has nothing to do with Oklahoma's outdoor and non-regulating the amount of plants you can grow. Yeah. So, you know, talking to people around the country, we still see the most cannabis, both regulated and, you know, uh, uh, private market cannabis is coming from California and Oregon. I mean, California, of course. Right. It's just Johnny Potseed over there. Yes. You know, you just put it in the ground and it grows great. It's, you know, not like that anyplace else in the country. Absolutely. So we've got in Oklahoma, we've got an overproduction issue. We've got an inflation issue and we kind of have a regulatory issue that's occurred here, too. But, you know, the other thing we have is the fact that a lot of people with no knowledge or history of being in cannabis or business or business thought that it would be easy money, quick money to get into cannabis. And then three years later. 
they're realizing that's not actually true. <laughs> and so I think that's a large part of it too. Getting rich quick since yeah. 86. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we love, you know, yeah. it is what it is, but I think that also contributes at least to Oklahoma. Quick. It's not get rich quick, is it? No, yeah. it's absolutely not. You may have some couple great harvests and think you made some yeah. money, but you know, you never know. <laughs> hey, you know, few people can do this number where they like enter the market, get a bunch of weed, make a bunch of profit and leave and exit the in and out hot potato business strategy. Right. People that just doesn't work for people. No, absolutely. Right? But not. There's this just dream. And what happens for most people is they put all of their retirement all of, right, exactly. Like 401k, you know, their friend's money, their grandparents, whatever. Whatever investment And they, they lose got. it, right? Because they're inexperienced. They may love weed. They may have grown weed all of their life. They may grow great weed, but none of that matters in commercial sales, commercial production. You know, when the price drops so low, you have to know how to grow that cannabis as inexpensive as possible, but still remain the highest quality. Absolutely. But most people, especially with how low the prices are right now, even for indoor in a lot of places, Mm -hmm. it's really um, you have to know how much it actually costs you to grow per pound to make sure you're not actually losing money on every pound that you sell. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, And many people... You know, there's this struggle because people, so many people think that like you're reducing quality and blah, blah, blah. But but so much of it is just organize the space, time and materials. Right. And people. Right. And if you can organize space, time, materials and people like you will like have the most efficient operation that you have that you can get uh, no matter what technique you're growing under. Uh, but but when you're able to do that, then you will reduce your you know, your cost of good, your overhaul cost. And, and hey, let's talk about that, Jessica. What do you think the the break-even cost of production for farmers should be or needs to be for, for people to continue to stay in the industry or cultivators? I mean, that's hard to say if you are just talking about you're growing for extraction in Oklahoma, pounds for extraction go for about 50 bucks a piece. So if you're growing cannabis for under $50 and then, you know, and that's your entire cost of labor. Yeah. And tr- so if you, you know, think you're going to grow it for extraction in Oklahoma, then you better be yeah, growing yeah. it for $25 a pound or $5 a pound. I mean, Which it's is hard to do, right? Because of the manual labor associated with harvest, mostly manual labor associated with planting, totally. all the irrigation can be put together. What, but, but what, what about indoor? I mean, indoor, again, I've seen indoor for as low as $500 in Oklahoma. And these, you know, I don't know if they're truly selling indoor, if they're just calling it indoor, hard to say. But uh, I've seen what they call indoor that does not look that great for $500 a pound. We see this throughout Oklahoma and we're unsure if it's just, you know, nice greenhouse operations, poor operators indoors. Yeah, you know, I, I don't or, know. Or, yeah, we don't quite know. But I know I've seen it, you know, I've even seen $350 pounds of indoor with somebody that claims and they have a 50,000 square foot facility. Those, those, we have seen those prices in Colorado too, heard them. I don't think that's the average price, but those are the lows. What do you think people in o- Oklahoma are, are, are producing heard, for the, in, like how much does it cost to produce it? That's what I'm asking. 
I mean, I honestly don't know for people because I don't know. So you have to. Yeah. OK. You know, because I don't know if what they owe on the building they're growing in. Are they paying back investors every month for part of this grow? Or sure. if it's, you know, they own the building. But they if they're lease selling the it for five hundred dollars a pound, then like, you know, like, you know, you got to indoor specifically. They're either liquidating to get rid of all their losses. $50 a pound is how much it's going to cost. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like if you're the, the one of the best operators in the country, you've got all your shit together, you might be at 250 a pound indoors. And some people can do it even cheaper. And that's trimmed all your cost of production in the bag. Yep. Most people, it's not that much money. It's 450 It's 750 it's, it could be a thousand dollars for some dollars people. For some people, and it doesn't matter how great the weed is. I mean, I am still hearing some rumor of there's a couple growers in Oklahoma claiming they're still getting two thousand an indoor pound. I have yet to see that. I'm sure that exists. I get, I'm but sure. the emails I get, they're not selling oh, for well, that much. Twelve well, fifty. So there's the other know. thing we've talked about about pricing throughout the country too, and now it's even worse. Is these emails and Text often I feel like are just driving the price down and so much of it's fictional, right? There's nobody that has the operation that needs a thousand pounds a day or, you know, it's just fictional in order to drive the price down or to manipulate the market or just people fucking around. Well, and these brokers uh, don't even get me started on like how oh, they lowball and then still try to get the same price because, and one, they, in Oklahoma, none of them had a license to be doing that anyway. Yeah. They, they, you know, they shouldn't be called brokers. They should be, Hey, hey pardon me to all of you brokers <laughs> out there. They're really nice and honest dudes. They shouldn't be called brokers. They should be called hustlers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, we always called them middlemen and we really never yeah, liked them man. unless they were helpful and actually like, uh-huh. Not just trying to rip off the growers. Well, you know what I've seen between old days and these days and distributors and brokers is old days. It was like a set like, hey, I'm going to get $50 or $100 a pound. Now they want as much as the and, grower makes yeah, exactly. <laughs> per pound. Exactly. And they're just trying to lowball the grower yeah. to get that price down so much. And then the, the bad part is it's usually not even their money. So it's often this like, you know, fucked up deal where they're truly middlemen, someone else has the money, right? And, you know, they're like... They're acting like they have some inside knowledge into the weed space, so they, they should be They just got the brokers. connection, and they should be paid for that connection. Don't get me wrong, but, like, I don't know, if you want a sustainable business and you really wanted to clean up, like, you know, having a, a reasonable brokerage fee, you know, I mean, hell, what, eight, you know, like... But you can't be trying to make $200, $300 off a pound you're buying for $500 or $400. Like, that's too you're gonna much. You're going to go out for, of business yeah. doing that. It's just not going to Well, not out. only that, but like you're. There's brokers there won't be, right now, I know. But hey, man, hey, some, of you guys are gonna go out, some of you guys are going to go out of business right now. Or your, your profit definitely is going to change. Yeah, absolutely. As it should. Because, I mean, once again, the farmers are always the ones who take the hit. Yeah. Let's talk know? price structure. That's a great way to do it. All right. So we've been talking cost of production. But like farmer sells the pound for 500 bucks. Let's just say $500. He sells it to a dispensary direct, right? Dispensary sells $100 ounces. They make $1,600. Dispensary sells $75 ounces, right? They're making 1,200 bucks. But then 40% of that goes to the tax man because of, you know, the... uh, 
well, forty percent of the profit, so not forty percent of the sale. Right, right. Well, forty percent right. of that profit right, then right. goes. That goes to the tax man. Well, that goes to the feds, and then if you're in Oklahoma City, fifteen point five percent of that immediately goes to well, the city. Well, but that usually gets state. passed on, though. It's usually not out the door pricing on the on what I'm talking Some, about. Sometimes uh, in it is, Oklahoma, but that's they not really the, like out the door pricing. Yeah, but this just it's just not the standard, you know, and. Uh, so basically what I'm saying, you're buying it for 500 bucks, you're selling it for 1600 bucks, you're making $1,100 profit, and then 40% of that should go to the man, which is about 400 and something dollars. So like now you just made uh, uh, six, $700 on a $500 pound. There's still quite a bit of money going on with dispensaries. Absolutely. But I mean, especially in Oklahoma, man, you're seeing three ounces for 150 bucks and you know. Yeah, but that's greenhouse or outdoor weed. I know. I'm just saying though, like right. I've not seen the high priced in, in Oklahoma. I don't see as much of the high, high priced, priced weed. Of course. I mean, yeah, than, yeah, than yeah, you right. used to. So I do think in some respect, those profit margins may not be as high, but I'm sure they're still high for a lot of places. Sure, sure. And then a lot of those places are produce a lot of, you know, it, if you're producing the cannabis and you're selling it. Oh, that's you know, the best deal you got going. If you can grow it cheap enough. Yeah. Right. If you can, you know, grow it for 500 bucks or $700 a pound inside and then resell it for that. That's decent money. That's really good, good money. But I guess my point is this is that restaurants, farmers, entrepreneurs throughout the world operate on 10 and 12% net profit. And it just takes a skilled business person to, to operate in that manner. And you're still making money as the dispensaries, right? At these, at these low prices, you have to get the customers coming to buy it. And you have to have the staff, of course. Yeah, and you have to have the staff and, 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 and all of that. But there's still money to be made out there. And if you're in the cannabis industry and you're like, well, man, I can produce $170, $190 pounds in a greenhouse. And I can sell them for $350 or $500 a pound. You're making good money. Yeah, there's still no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. It's it may just, not be the profit margin you think you should be getting or, or you used to be getting. Or you feel entitled to be or getting. Or you feel entitled to be getting. Right. Yes. But it, it it is, the sky is not falling there. Will many people go out of business in Oklahoma? Well, of course. I mean, people have right already now. gone out of business. And it's just the nature of business. Not 100% of all businesses don't survive in any industry. In any industry. So, especially I mean, in a boom and bust scenario. Especially in a boom and bust, Yeah. Especially with the banking issues we have and the tax issues and, you know, it's not simple. Well, you know, one interesting thing from my perspective is, you know, we operate hydroponic stores and, you know, uh, potting soil manufacturing is, you know, how bad the manufacturers are and how much the prices have risen on our side. Uh, Inflation has truly hit, uh, you know, in all of your cannabis um, grow equipment. Uh, at Cultivate Colorado, Cultivate OKC, you know, we operate an online shop there, cultivateokc.com, cultivatecolorado.com. People from all over the country and the world buy products from us. And, you know, we have seen, uh, there's st- we still understand there's the demand there. And even though we have a decrease in business in our retail shops in Colorado and in Oklahoma, we're still on an up three-year average. Last year was a banner year for us, 
but uh, we've been able to like still do pretty good. And, you know, we, we may, may operate a little bit differently than other people, but many of the stores that are, you know, cause we've been around for such a long time and many of the other stores, including like grow generation and, you know, some of the other like smaller stores that either are just oversized or underdeveloped, they're, they're having a struggle hanging on to this, you know, industry. But, you know, we have a really well-established business at Cultivate Colorado. You know, we, we expect to weather this storm, you know, you know, well, you know, we're, we're definitely talking to our customers you know, we're offering the best prices we can. We know everyone's struggling. You know, we see new products come out all the time. But this past couple of years, we haven't seen any new products come out. There's a couple new products that have come well, out. I guess, but... you're, I guess you're right. I do have some products coming out. <laughs> um, yeah, at Growers, our potting soil company, uh, if you're not familiar with us, we make potting soil in outside Denver, Colorado. Uh, some of the highest quality uh, potting soil in the world made from cocoa fiber. We're coming out with two new products right now. That uh, we're actually using. Yeah, you've been, use, you've been a prototyping our organic cocoa for a moment. Um, Absolutely. Great and, cocoa. Yeah, so we're coming out with a, a organic cocoa and a 70-30. And we've actually put these off for a moment, but are coming out with them right now. Uh, um, at, at really great, great prices because everybody's having a hard time right now. Well, it's also, you know, just thinking post COVID and everything going on with not only inflation, but it is a uh, supply chain issues. So really noticing that there are things in all of our grocery stores and markets that we notice just isn't there anymore um, because of supply chain. Oh yeah. It's, it has been hard. We have, uh, we have, bought more cocoa fiber than we thought we were going to use. We really tried to get the biggest deals from our compet I mean, from our suppliers, the best deals so we could, you know, be able to like meet this market because. Well, know, and even have it in stock when you like need it. Struggling, you know, to manufacturers just struggling to get materials. Um, but yeah, so we got a 70, 30 cocoa fiber coming out. Uh, we've got a, uh, organic cocoa fiber coming out right now. Uh, call us at Cultivate Colorado. Look us up at Growers Grown on Instagram, Cultivate Colorado on Instagram and Facebook. And, uh, you know, follow your progress there. If you're in the Colorado area, we're offering incredible prices to you right now on this product. Um, so give us a call if you're in Oklahoma or Michigan or, or anywhere in the country, if you're a grower or if you're a grow store, you know, drop us a line at Growers Cocoa or at Cultivate Colorado. We, we, we'd love to help it out. How do, how do people get in, get in touch with you and your organization, Jessica? In my organization, if you are a commercial grower in Oklahoma and you want clones, you know, you can reach us at uh, you can go to our website, which is clone dash city.com on Instagram. We're at the clone city and also clone nursery, <laughs> you know, because you got to have more than one. Um, and then you can always just, uh, Google clone city, Oklahoma. And we come up. These oh my gosh. Probably around 50 these days. Wow. We've really expanded our, um, our mom rooms 
and uh, got Most some of great. Selected, oh, they're all yeah. We we plant a bunch of seeds. We select for specific phenos, and then um, we grow them at least two different ways in Oklahoma, and then we put them out um, on the market. So so we know they're actually going to survive in greenhouses and outdoor. Yeah, well, it's great speaking to you today, Jessica. You know, I I, I, I fortunately I get to get your wisdom on the cannabis industry all the time. Uh, uh, is there any, anything you'd like to, to say to fellow business yeah, women business? I do. Or, I always or, have things or, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Women business owners or, or just cannabis business owners in general. I'm going to say cannabis owners and business owners in general, even if you're not in the cannabis space yet and you're just thinking of any business endeavor. It is a long game. It, there is no shortcuts. Like I said, you may do well successfully at first, and then that's when your hurdles start. But don't think this is an easy, like I'm in and out and I'm going to just, it is a long game and enjoy it. Have fun. Please honor and respect the plants and your employees and your business contacts, um, the earth, all of it. Um, but definitely it is not, it is not a short game. It's a long game. So be patient, take deep breaths, uh, connect with the other people in your industry community and um, don't feel entitled to anything because we're not. Hey, and I just want to say all you listeners, uh, we love you all. Keep the uh, plant in your heart and just keep going. You know, times may be tough, but uh, just uh, roll the biggest joint you can and fire it up. <laughs> We're about to. This has been The Real Dirt. Mm-hmm.